thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Hello, wonderful wellness women. Thank you for tuning in this week's episode. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And today we are going to chat about something that a lot of you ladies do. It's uh, a career choice and sometimes it's not even a choice. Sometimes it's second jobs or third jobs that uh, cause this uh, health problem. But we're talking about the impact of shift work on your health and in particular what so many women experience, which is increased in weight, um, issues with sleep and sleep patterns and uh, general depression, anxiety symptoms that can come about just because of the effects of shift work on your psychology, on your physiology, on how your body and mind function. And we're going to get into a little bit about why that happens um, and some of the simple things you can be looking at and make sure that you tick all these boxes so that if you are a shift worker and if you are doing multiple jobs, you know, they're cutting into your your lifestyle, um, what you can do to help restore some of the balance. And that's the key to this one, because it can be a career path. And it's so simple to say, I'll oh, just change your career. But it's not, you know, you're you're a career driven woman, you have a desire and a wish as to why you do what you do. We don't want you to change that. But we do, you know, certainly want you today to take home some things that will help you um, combat the negative effects of shift work. Yeah, absolutely. And 20% of our um population are actually shift workers, which is a lot more than what I thought. But then when you think about the kind of jobs that have to do shift work, like you don't actually get a choice with with this sort of thing is a lot of our emergency services. So all of our incredible, um, you know, police, ambulance, fire services, all of our nurses, all of our factory workers, all of the people that, you know, essentially make our lives comfortable and function the way that we need it to. It's all because of that incredible shift work that they do. And I absolutely take my hat off to all of you. I have no idea how you could do that. Um, And it is a massive sacrifice on so many levels to, you know, actually get on that bandwagon. Um, And particularly here in WA, we see a lot of patients who do fly and fly out type jobs and their shifts may change, you know, from week to week or month to month. And it's long hours, it's grueling, and it may be lots of night shift as well. Um, so in today's episode, we really want to honor you and talk about there's definitely going to be a bit of doom and gloom here. So try not to get too, um, I guess, depressed by some of the statistics and the things that we're going to talk about because, look, this is not going to be news to you, but we know that shift work um, is definitely not the best thing for your body's health. Um, and there's biological reasons why that is the case, but we're going to go into some of that. But at the same time, we're going to look at how you can be a bit more gentle with yourself and almost try and hack this situation that's relevant to you to try and mitigate some of this so that your health doesn't suffer as much. Yeah, and look, a big shout out to Nicole. Thank you so much, one of our lovely listeners, and uh, jumped on Facebook and got in touch with us to say, hey, you know, you talk about a lot of stuff. Um what about shift workers? What can we do? Because some of the ideas and some of the solutions we have for certain body and you know health problems um, may sound like they're very 
possible for those people running a normal life cycle, such as uh, day and night, that <laughs> we go to bed at night and we, we wake in the day. But there's a lot of few lovely ladies listening who actually can't do some of the things we recommend because simply your clock and cycle is different because you are um, choosing a career path that allows you to, I mean, usually it's one of great service. So yeah, like we said, hats off. But at the same time, there's some self-sacrifice there and it's certainly affecting your health and the quality of your health. Um, and look, I think you probably know better than anyone as a shift worker uh, what exactly it does to you because uh, I can only imagine I'm here with a newborn and just the broken sleep I, I know that my clarity of thought my judgment um, my memory my concentration a lot of those things are starting to be um, I wouldn't say impaired but I'm certainly noticing them uh, little things that I'd be normally very sharp on I'm, I'm feeling a little bit oh a bit bit foggier on um, and certainly things like reflexes responses they're they're diminishing they're reducing a little bit which is fascinating because for me that's like wow so this is really shift work in some ways this is what what our shift workers are feeling and experiencing um what can we do what can we advise them to to stay healthy with such a grueling schedule um because more and more people like we said are doing it and sometimes it's because you need to because maybe the income you have is not cutting it and you've got to get a second job so you're really cutting into your hours of sleep in order to um increase your income to support your life so yeah there's there's got to be some solutions. I, you know, I doom and gloom is, is certainly a big part of this career path. Um, and I really feel because I know that my midwives, every one of them I spoke to, weight management is the biggest issue for them. Mm-hmm. And oh, you, yeah, big time. Yeah, big you, time. you mentioned something as well. You had a patient that she just changed her career within – what was, what was oh, it? it was it was absolutely fascinating. So I had a patient who is an engineer for Qantas, so an like a, an aeroplane engineer. <laughs> I'm sure there's a technical name for that, but that's what they do. Um, she's always worked day shift um, for her entire life, always maintained a stable, lean body um, for her entire life as well. And then in her uh, mid to late 30s, she started doing night shift because that was the requirement of her job. Um, she was a Qantas engineer. And within two months, she'd put on 10 kilos and was finding that weight impossible to lose. And the only variable was night shift. Um, Her food was exactly the same. She was exercising just as much, which was an incredible feat given that she was now, you know, working night shift. Um, But the only change, the only variable was the fact that her circadian rhythm had changed because of her working um, sort of environment. So, yeah, and look, that that's just just one scenario of that, and this is pretty classic as well. And I know for myself, if I have a crappy night's sleep for whatever it might be, or if I'm sleep deprived, I can literally not satisfy my hunger. So I could literally eat from the moment I get out of bed to the moment I go to, to sleep, and I'll typically make crappy choices as well. I'll be craving more um, sort of sugary type foods as well um, so and less nutrient-dense, so I'm much more likely to make terrible food choices and definitely not likely to do any kind of exercise on those days. Mm. Um, and that's just from a poor night's sleep. That's not from completely shifting around my circadian rhythm. Yeah, and, and we know a very visible version of all of this. I mean, because you were just mentioning someone, and I guess we may all know one of these people. But have you? Has anyone you seen um, Sunrise? With you know how there was always Mel and Koshi, and as soon as Mel came off Sunrise and got into a normal rhythm, all of a sudden the media are, are hounding her for becoming all skinny and skin and bones. It's like, well, that's actually probably her normal base metabolism from before <laughs> she went onto a shift work program because they had such early you know arrivals at set. So she was really waking up in the middle of the night to go 
to set early to be ready for sunrise. And um, she said, but I didn't change anything except just got back into a normal rhythm of life and all the weight just dropped off, you know, making better choices, of course. But um, And it was so, so visible. And I remember looking at her going, I wonder what she did. And then really all it came down to was she no longer was a shift worker. She suddenly got a chance to, <laughs> to run a normal day, hour work road. Okay, let's talk about some of the bad stuff first, and then we'll look at the really positive solutions. Okay, so just bear with this, because I think it's important that you understand the science behind why things change, so that if for some reason you have the luxury of maybe making a a different decision about your working environment, then this may help you to, to sort of make that choice. All right. So statistically, it's a lot harder for people who are doing shift work, um, particularly night shift, to eat one regular meals, um, it's much harder for them to do that. And it's also much harder for them to eat healthy meals as well. So they're much more likely to eat irregularly and to make poor choices. Um, the changes in their sleep patterns um, or, you know, that the sleep deprivation they have also impacts their hormones, particularly leptin. Um, and we know that leptin is directly affected by, you know, a, a lack of sleep or sleep deprivation. And so this is where our food cravings increase. It blocks um, that sense of satiation or, you know, feeling full from your meal. So that's why you can eat and eat and eat and you won't feel full. And I've also seen studies where they show that just a single night of poor sleep can decrease your insulin sensitivity for the next day. So that's absolutely what I experienced. And that's from one single night poor sleep. We're not talking about, you know, the complete switch around of that. Um, These people are also um, much more likely to... Um, be impaired when it comes to food uh, judgment. So they're much more likely to make terrible food choices, <laughs> one for lack of time and lack of energy as well. Um, and a really big thing that they have to deal with as well is so- social isolation. Um, so doing shift work, um, gone are the days when people sort of have to work from nine to five and they can have a social life and go out and night, enjoy their weekends with their friends and family. When you're a shift worker, that completely changes. You're not available when most people are. Um, so, you know, missing out on a lot of social activities and interactions can dramatically affect your psychological state and mental health as well. Yeah, um, it's um, it's just it's a big deal, isn't it? Because you realise how the flow-on effect. If you're feeling anxious or depressed or fatigued, you probably are listening. You realise what sort of foods do you quickly grab for? And most of the time, people realise they're grabbing for sugars and fats. It's that instant pick-me-up, that instant, you know, fuel source to try and drive up the brain function, to try and create that mental alertness again. Um, so that's why, you know, you make those choices and you say, oh, I try really hard to eat well, but I'm, I still grab the chocolate bar or I, st- I still, you know, grab the wrong foods. And it's just simply because biologically your body is screaming at you saying, hey, something's out of kilter here. And mm-hmm. the first and fastest fuel it's going to scream for is, is sugar and fat. Get the fuel in and try and try and turn this around. But um, you've got to look at the underlying reason why it's starting to scream for those things so if you can just avoid taking in the sugars and fats and you know go for more of a protein source then you're going to be doing a whole lot better and we'll talk about um shortly some ways that you can try and ensure that this is happening um but you absolutely touched on that that biology of why that happens because if you think about our evolutionary history pretty much for our entire um, existence on this planet, we have lived according to a circadian rhythm. So we have lived and existed according to the day-light cycles 
And then all of a sudden we have artificially changed this. So literally since the the dawn of, I guess, the industrial age, which has been the last, what, 50, 60 years, maybe more than that. Um, You know, don't quote me on those timeframes, but every single cell in our body is actually impacted by this. And, and this, yeah, this can actually be happening too. I just, I just realized when you said that, like every single cell in the body being affected, because you think about people who live, maybe you're living in a country where, um, and I think of Europe in particular when I lived there, I would go to work in dark, stay mm-hmm. inside all day and go to work in dark, uh, go, go home from work in the dark. And I reckon that was almost like a form of this, this flipped around shift work because my body didn't quite know what it was supposed to do. And it certainly affected my biology. And there are very overt physiological impacts of this. Um, So just to name a few, a lot of people will know gastrointestinal disturbances. Um, They'll have an increased risk of injuries, accidents, um, definitely insomnia. They will often report a decreased quality of life as well. Um, They'll have changes in their mood, their general malaise, much higher rates of anxiety and depression. Um, But over a long term, um, and again, we warned you there would be a bit of doom and gloom here, but it's important to understand statistically what may happen. Um, There can be more significant issues like cardiovascular disease, diabetes, metabolic problems, um, obesity, um, more serious gastrointestinal problems, um, you know, and inflammation and all sorts of things like that. But more scarily, the rates of prostate and breast cancer tend to be about 40 to 70% higher in men and women who have, are shift workers. Mm. Um, they also have a 40% increased risk of cardiovascular disease and stroke as well. Um, and this increases about 5% per year that they do that shift work, um, which is pretty sad. And a Japanese study also found that shift workers have about a 50% higher incidence of diabetes than day workers. So that's the end of the doom and gloom, I promise. (laughs) That's enough of that. And from there, everyone goes, great. So now what am I going to (laughs) do? Because this is my career. This is what I do. Don't worry. Don't throw away your uni degree just yet uh, because (laughs) you worked hard for it and you you have a great, uh, great place. But the thing is here. These are studies based on, you know, the general population. There's studies that show it's stripping 10 years off your life. So if that's the case, then what could you do to manage the effects on your biology? What can you do to help to uh, almost trick your body into circadian balance? Like how do you make your body feel as though it's getting what it needs even when you can't provide it? Um, What strategies and tips could you be using to minimise the damaging effects of shift work? And that's what we're going to go through now because if you can take in just a few of these things and find a rhythm that works for you, um, you may just find you'll find a tipping point where you can function so much better than where you are right now and those long-term negative effects of shift work uh, could well be alleviated, minimised. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so first and foremost, um, I know this might sound a little bit redundant, but planning and preparation is key. If it's you number are, one, isn't it? Yeah. If you don't, you if, can't. You just can't stay on track with this. If you are a shift worker, you just don't have the luxury of getting away without doing this. Um, so you need to spend some time each week preparing your food because, um, you know, statistically – it's harder to make good food choices. So if you can prepare in in advance, you're much less likely to do that. Um, So doing a whole bunch of food prep each week, freezing if necessary, um, and then you've got some sort of um, routine with your food, which is absolutely going to help. 
um, and also planning your exercise. So just as people who don't do shift work have to move and exercise, so do you. Um, and, and I know it's going to be so much harder uh, to want to go to the gym or, or go for a walk or whatever it might be. Um, and definitely doing that after a full night's work may not be ideal. So often doing it as soon as you get up might be easier than trying to combat something like that when you get home from a big long shift. Um, or if you have the luxury of having a break within your shift, then exercise then. So not only is it going to help to keep you awake and alert, but you're also ticking that box as well. Um, Ash, do you have any other tips of how to include exercise in their day or in their night as it might happen to be? Well, it's tricky because I know this is one where some of my professionals that I work with, they uh, have an issue with the exercise because often their jobs are actually already very physical. Um, mm -hmm. They may be doing physical work in these night shifts and so they're actually feeling physically exhausted. So sometimes exercise can be transitioned. So rather than we talking about the high-intensity aerobic exercise, if you've got a very physical full-on job, you may want to look at some things such as yoga-based uh, mobility movement programs rather than worrying so much about the huffy-puffy cardiovascular because it's not always the number one priority. Mm -hmm. It could just be increasing your mobility to reduce your risks of injuries um, because if you are a physical shift worker with all of the stress on your body, there's a very big chance as well that you'll be uh, exposed to the increased risk of back injury. So another big one that happens with shift workers is lower back injury and neck and shoulder problems. So you may just decide that, hey, I don't have as though I feel as though I have this stress point. I'm not able to physically do more because I'm feeling stressed out already, why not cut it back and say, well, hang on, I can do some mobility, flexibility work, and that will also improve my health and well-being because that's just as important as it is to get moving. Yeah, awesome. So I would um, generally say to people, because that's the biggest challenge I find, most people will say, oh, I'm just too tired. I, I don't have the energy to go and do any exercise. Okay, do you have the energy to pull out a mat on the floor at home and just do you know, a nice little stretch routine if we set you one out? Yeah, I can do that. Great. Let's organize that. Um, the other thing that I found can be incredibly beneficial, and if you have the ability to control this, but actually keeping the same shifts rather than rotating times is actually more beneficial. So if you have to do night shift, um, if you can do night shift rather than alternating with day shift, it's actually better for your body. Um, of course, if you have the luxury of choosing, you know, avoiding any of the shift work and, or in particular the night shift is absolutely going to be beneficial for your system. Um, but if you have the luxury of, say, choosing set shifts, doing the same times um, will help your body to adapt over time, which is good, rather than rotating it. Cool. And I think the big one then to work on, so one is the physicality, isn't it? To get moving, to get physical, that also helps drive your circadia, you know, helps with sleep cycles. Mm. Everyone knows that it helps to reduce uh, stress responses as well in the body so you don't feel as physically stressed and increases your energy levels. Of course, mitochondria, those little energy producers in your body are only going to function if you actually use them. So you've got to use the mitochondria, which means you've got to exercise to make them function the way they need to. And they're so important to overall health. Um, but the other side of that is exercise. And then the flip side is sleep and recovery. So 
Then we've got to talk about, you know, well, yeah, if you can't be sleeping because you're in night shift modes, what can you do to reduce your body's physiological stress response? So, for example, um, a big noisy alarm clock to wake you up is a highly stressful thing for your body. It takes it on like, you know, you're hearing a, a siren, you know, as if a police car has gone past. What does your body do? You know, it, it jumps, you, you respond abruptly, it straight away throws your rhythms out, increases cortisol response. So, some Sometimes you've got to look at things like using, and I, I do recommend them, is to use a day-night alarm clock where you can have a night light, which is a waking up light. So it gently adjusts the light in the room as it approaches your wake-up time. So regardless of where you are in your shift work, your body can physiologically sort of simulate this, okay, we're coming into a light mm-hmm. cycle, I need to start waking up. And then you can have a gentle alarm clock, maybe start with some music, something a bit easier, and then have you back up, you know, a hard and fast alarm clock if you think you're just dead to the world and you're not going to wake unless you hear that so just try and bring yourself out of the sleep pattern um, rather than shake and scream yourself out of that sleep pattern that's a really big recommendation for me don't uh, don't get into that cortisol stress response right from the get-go as soon as you wake up Oh, I like that. And um, so being a little bit less abrupt about that is a good idea. Um, The other thing you can do is once you are actually awake and if it's still daylight hours outside, try and get sun onto your face within a few minutes of waking up. Um, It's going to help your system to kind of boost up a little bit um, and will definitely help you to feel a bit more alert and awake as well. Um, And then when you're actually able to get to, you know, back to the bedroom to get to sleep, you know, your good sleep hygiene is essential. So extremely dark rooms with, you know, blackout curtains or whatever you need to do, even if you're putting, um, you know, aluminium foil on your windows um, to make sure that the room is completely dark is critical. Um, Keeping the room a little bit cooler as well is a good idea. Um, Things like face masks or earplugs to simulate that good quality sleep environment, maybe things that you have to do as well. Yeah, and um, whatever you do, do not use alcohol as your tool to help you go to sleep. Um, that's been a problem that I've, uh, you know, had a chat to with a couple of my patients and it's like, yeah, but if you have a few beers or if you have, you know, a couple of <laughs> shots of something, um, you go to sleep better. But you may think that, um, unfortunately, though, that chemical stress response in your body is not really helping your health <laughs> long term. I think you know that if you're doing it, but at the same time, you may need just a reminder, it's not the tool to use. Don't use alcohol as your uh, your get to sleep tool. It's not going to help. It disrupts your REM sleep, which really mm-hmm. impacts on how rested and functional you are when you do wake. So you're not getting the quality when you do take alcohol. The other thing that you can try and do is to almost uh, simulate like a good um, sort of slow down pattern after you finish work. So using things like amber tinted glasses, which will filter out that blue wavelength light that actually suppresses melatonin, um, which is going to, you know, interfere with you trying to get into some sort of sleep pattern. So literally as soon as you finish work, as soon as you leave work, putting them on and driving home with them, they look so attractive. You can get there. There's so many different websites. You can order them online. I know that Amazon absolutely has them. Um, The best quality ones that I've found are actually the cheapest, um, which I think is quite funny. And it should, if you look at, say, the blue light or an on light on, say, your TV um, or your, you know, DVD player or whatever it might be, if that's classically a blue lit light, if you put your amber glasses on and you can't see the light illuminated, then that's a good quality you know, pair of glasses for you. Oh, a nice tip. I like that. Yeah, because so, yeah. most of them um, that I've found are not good enough. What um, about some melatonin supplements for these uh, shift workers? What are your thoughts on that? 
Oh, it's such a tricky one. Um, I think I, you know, I think this is really individualized and it depends on the person and it depends on their state of health as well. Mm. Um, And we all know that cortisol inhibits melatonin. So working on potentially decreasing that cortisol overload and that stress response first, using other triggers to help to almost simulate like a sleep state. So getting a routine where maybe there's some gentle relaxing music that you put on that you only put on when it's time to get ready for bed and to sleep, um, you know, all of those sorts of things. So having a very realistic, uh, sorry, ritualistic approach to getting into that sleep pattern may be more beneficial and less harmful on your body than than using melatonin artificially. Um, but for some people, I have recommended melatonin supplementation um, just because they've needed it. Yeah. No, I'm the same. I've, I've done it on occasion as well. So I think that's something that uh, if you haven't heard of it and it's not been suggested, it may just be worth looking into because it can certainly help some of the shift workers uh, that I've worked with. Um, so we've talked to, I mean, look, this is really just about sort of giving you some ideas because obviously Andrew and I are not shift workers. You are probably listening to this and you're probably far more well-versed in this than we are in some ways because you're living it, you're experiencing it and you can tell us what works and doesn't work. So if you are, we'd love to hear some of your coping strategies and tips. So please leave us some comments on Facebook and definitely give us some feedback on this because I know there's probably a lot of cool little tips that our shift workers have got, um, that we can actually share with others out there. So please let us be that center point just give out you know give your tips to us we'll pass them on because we'd love to uh, make that opportunity for other people to learn from um so we've talked about you know really good food the big one hydration as well i don't think we've mentioned that yet mm. but um hydration is just so critical because if you're not bringing in enough water and this is i mean this is just an absolute you just can't function you are symptomatically hydrated dehydrated um it affects everything whether you've got shift work or not so, you know, and it's more prevalent when you're shift working, chances are because you may not get some of the cues that cue into thirst. Um, you mm-hmm. may not be working in the daytime, so you're not getting sort of heat, light, sun, other people around you drinking bottles of water. So you're not getting those cues that maybe psychologically tr- trigger you into your thirst, but you just have to be drinking lots and lots of water because it helps with your body's metabolism, um, which again helps with that issue of weight gain that can occur with shift work. Um, and of course, then of real foods. You you just can't afford to live your life on shift work having takeaway meals and junk food. It's Oh, sorry. No, no, you finished that thought. I just thought of one thing that we haven't covered that I think is really important. Oh, I love that your brain's just working like on the moment. Like, oh, can I? Oh, hang on. We're not there yet. I'll get there. Um, Yeah, so I was just on the junk food stream. But um, but that just because I said you can't get takeaway doesn't mean there's not a lot of good takeaways out there. I know there's some incredible food delivery services that can make clean, healthy food easy for you. So you might just need to look in your area and see if there's someone who's, you know, delivering great paleo meals or doing something like that. But um, what I'm talking about with takeaways dump, dumping in you know at the local chinese store and and doing 3 a.m kebabs and stuff like that like there's just not works and then that's the drunk man's food but um you know you deserve more than that you deserve better than that and you have to treat yourself better than that so please just focus on your food and make sure if you're nothing else you increase your water intake and increase the quality of the food you're taking in as well so um oh, we didn't mention it but the caffeine issue that was the other one my shift workers are like caffeine fiends they're the eight to 12 coffees a day they're lots of chocolate they're energy drink drinkers and i just 
I know why. I understand it because it helps to instantaneously shift it, you know, that gear out of fatigue into alertness. Um, but long term, it is so, so damaging. So please, if you're using caffeine as a crux to, to lift you up through your shifts, we've got to start to look at some, uh, better coping strategies than that because that absolutely damages your body physically. Um, you know, your cortisol response, everything like that. It just sends you into stress. It's not good. It can't be used long term. So um, let's try and look at some other ways. You know, there's a lot of good quality healthy teas. Um, you know, substitute your hot drinks because sometimes night shift work is cold. So you're actually drinking hot drinks as a as a, a warming tool more than anything. So, you know, rather than coffee, let's look at some herbal teas, get rid of the caffeine out of the drinks. Mm, I actually um, was reading a study about, um, I think it was with Australian SAS soldiers and what they were doing to try and mitigate any kind of jet lag. Um, and so they were particular, they were using caffeine um, in particular dosages um, during flights so that there was no jet lag or effect from the actual flight. Um, I'll find that and I'll post it on social media because it was really interesting. Um, not that I'm, you know, encouraging uh, that. And, you know, they're obviously very elite performing um, um, you know, people who have to be on at any given moment. So, but anyway, can read. Well, yeah, let's assume yeah. most of our listeners are yeah, on, yeah. not in the line of fire and they're not jumping out of uh, planes and <laughs> going on the bat- yeah, battle. You never know. That's um, true. It's what, true. What, what so, what was your big aha? Show us. My light bulb moment before. Yeah. What was, was that? One thing that I think that a lot of people forget is how to actually manage your days off. Um, ah, because yeah, yeah. ideally you would keep the same pattern even on your days off, but that doesn't, you know, allow you to have any kind of social life for the most part, right? Yeah, because your your day is night, night is day, and you're well, running the opposite of what the most people around you are running. So, you know, in, in an ideal world, you would maintain a, a similar timing, but when you can't and when you want to actually have some sort of social interaction that requires a shift in that, um, abruptly changing that is absolutely going to be detrimental to your entire physiology. So what I would suggest, and Ash, you might have some good strategies on this as well, is change it ever so slightly initially. So instead of going from night shift directly to waking up during the day, maybe sleep in later, get up earlier. Yeah, this that- is almost like jet lag recovery, isn't it? It's yeah, it's like that yeah. idea of time zone shifting, um, you know, roughly an hour to two hours a day, you can shift in the direction you need to go. So utilising and- that opportunity to, to use those chunks and just go, okay, stretch it out by an hour, an hour, or, you know, stretch it out by two and get a four-hour block of – and I'm big on four-hour blocks as well, by the way, too. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I say. Look, if you can just get a four-hour chunk – get up and function and get back and, you know, have another four-hour chunk, that's great because you can still do some things that are social in the day, but you're getting some good circadian blocks, which are those four-hour chunks of sleep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, again, getting sun straight onto the face um, uh, without sunglasses, without sunscreen, without makeup or any kind of, you know, things that will block that straight away um, will help to sort of re-regulate that circadian rhythm a little bit. Um, You know, you don't want to completely change it back because it may be just the two days a week that you have off that then you go back to your five days of night shift. So, Mm -hmm. you know, not changing things up completely but – shifting it around a little bit and you might need to play with that. Um, I would definitely love to hear from anybody who is really making the most of their time off and exactly what sort of lifestyle hacks that you have for that. Are there particular things that have worked for you? So make sure you're communicating with our, you know, incredible little tribe on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash the wellness women. Or you can be following us on Instagram underscore the wellness women. Make sure that you send us any of your questions as well. This one came from Nicole. So thank 
thank you so much for sending that in. Um, we would love to know what you want to hear from us. I mean, we've got topics for uh, <laughs> so uh, the list of dogs that we have to cover. I don't think we'll ever run out of um, of options, um, which is great. But we want to know what you want to hear as well. Um, make sure that you rate us on iTunes. We love those five star ratings, ladies. So thank you so much. Um, it really does help. Um, you know, get this message out to everybody. So make sure you share it with your girlfriends too. Uh, and ladies, until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.